I am Baruch Van, and you are listening to JMAP Life Academy, session number four. Last week, we spoke about sibling relationships, and this, uh, this segment, we're going to talk about physical relationships in marriage. Join us as we explore the topic, see what you might learn new, and enjoy. Welcome to JMAP Life Academy. This is the fourth session, fourth segment. We've spoken about friendships. We've spoken about parent-child dynamic relationships. We've spoken about sibling relationships. And now for the big, what do they call it? The big day kahuna. The, the, big, uh, the big relationships. When, you, when I said relationships at the beginning, this is what everybody was thinking about, which is male-female relationships. I'm going to split it into two topics, into two parts. I'm going to say this week we're going to discuss... This week we're going to discuss the essence of a male-female relationship. And then uh, after that, not this week, we'll go into dating uh, and applied, applied knowledge. This is theory, and then we'll get into application, okay? Just a caveat, this class is not about how to have a Torah successful marriage. This class is not about how to, have, how to, how to build a relationship which will bring you the success which a relationship can bring you that the Torah teaches about. What is it? It's a class about understanding the dynamic of a relationship. Meaning, there's a whole separate topic to talk about what do you do with a marriage? What's it there for? Why did Hashem make it that way? Why did God create such a thing? That's a topic that we're not going into in this, in this course, in this program. That's maybe two or three separate classes that I'm not going to be getting into. Just what is the Torah's view? What is the Torah's approach? What wisdom does the Torah have to share with us about what a marriage is? What the relationship between a man and a woman is like? And equipped with that knowledge, equipped with that knowledge, we'll get practical about how to date. Okay? But it's not the full picture by any means. And um, I do believe that you'll find it valuable, but it's not the whole thing. It's not the whole shebang. There's a lot more to know about marriage from the Torah perspective. So let's just take it back once again to the three fundamentals, the three foundations of marriage, of relationships. And then we'll see how, how marriage or any physical component in a relationship changes it up, okay? The three foundations of a regular relationship, yes, you got to get a chair. I'm not going to let you stand the whole night. Okay, good. All right, good. Um, the three components of a relationship are connection, affection, and knowledge. I think by now you guys probably are like, it comes out in your sleep, like connection, affection, knowledge, you know? Connection, affection, and knowledge. Connection means your platform for the relationship, how you know the person, how you're connected to the person. All right, all right, nothing is that funny. I know you guys well. I know the things you joke about. None of it is that funny. <laughs> Sean's very funny these Alright. Connection includes everything. Everything included in the connection goes into the relationship. So, so let's say we spoke, about, um, we spoke about siblings, how your siblings, uh, your, you share with your siblings a feeling of being located in the family. That goes right into the relationship. We, met, we spoke one time about how your connection with a mentor includes trust. Trust goes right in with the connection. Because that's your connection with them. So whatever is included in the connection is going right into the relationship before you even have to build anything. Building comes with the next step. Building comes when you build affection, which comes through giving. 
When you give yourself to another person, you have a feeling that you want to be close with them. And then eventually, with reciprocation, and they'll give back to you as well, then they'll feel like they want to be close with you. So when you have a, a mutual feeling of closeness, that's the second, the second stage. The third stage is knowledge. When you have that feeling of closeness, you'll be comfortable, you'll feel safe, exposing your weaknesses, exposing your flaws, exposing your struggles, and you'll get to know each other in that deep, meaningful way, which feeds back into connection. That's a relationship. Those three components. Parents and children complicate the relationship. Siblings complicate the relationship. Nothing complicates that relationship like a physical component. Having a physical component in the relationship makes it super complicated. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Okay? I guess you could call it physical relationships if you don't want to call it marriage. Except that it doesn't really apply with two guys. Uh, and it doesn't really apply with two girls because the changes, the imp- those physical relationships impact the setup differently than, than a guy-girl relationship. So really, you could call it a physical relationship, but then you'd have to be specific and say guy-girl physical relationships. So instead, we just call it marriage and be simple. And anyways, I was complicated and explained it. There you go. Right. Sorry. L'chaim. I was telling them before, like, this the secret... The real secret to relationships <laughs> that that I am not telling you. I said it much better before. I'm not going to say that. I'm recording. <laughs> You'll have to ask them later how I said it before. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was really good, right? I said it good. Uh, no, Let me just pause it. Let me just pause it. Let me just pause it. Everyone's going to wonder what they're missing. It's not true. It's just. It's just. It's a good. It's like a real feeling. It's you know? a good joke. It's a real feeling. It's just not true. All jokes are a little bit. Okay, there's a myth. There's a myth. There's a myth about, about physical relationships. The myth is that in, a, that, that in a guy-girl relationship, women are purely emotional and men are purely physical. That's in the physical relationship. And it's not entirely true. It's not entirely true. Um, there's a physical element for women and there's an emotional element for men. I'm not going to go deeply into this tonight. This is really not tonight's topic. But this is why, um, this is why, when an older couple, when both of them totally lose all physical appeal, they're still able to have a successful relationship, because the physical element is built off of their emotional connection and their emotional, their emotional feelings, not not even towards each other, not even between the two of them, just how they feel about each other, right? Like it's very possible opinion? for the way they feel about each other, their respect for, for what you, they each represent. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not, necessarily the way, not necessarily between the two of them. It's subtle, not for now. But there is an emotional element for, for guys too. Okay? So what is it? Meaning, I'm saying now that it's not true that women are totally emotional and men are totally physical. But there is, there is a reason why it's expressed that way. There is a reason why it's, it's, that's, the common, that's the common wisdom. So, in this guy-girl relationship, let's say it starts with connection. It starts with connection. Normal, whatever goes into that connection, that's also part of what we would discuss in a marriage and dating class. It's not what we're going to get to tonight. What happens in the next stage? What happens after there's a connection? What happens after there's a connection is 
the, the woman will be giving of herself to the man in a way that he's not able to be giving to her. Okay? That's the nature of a physical relationship. Are talking about, like, what I think you're talking about? I think I'm talking about what I think you're talking about. Okay. Okay? We're good. I don't know how many different versions of physical giving you know about between men and women, but yeah, I, that's what I'm talking about. We, yeah, I was just I'm not talking to, about her passing you a joint. Yeah, I was, I was saying because we skipped from connection, you met someone to... How it gets to that point also, I didn't talk about. Okay. How, how to judge, how to know, not for now. Okay? Got you. What I am saying is, in the affection stage, however long it takes to get there, right, remember, affection comes through giving. In a physical relationship, she is the giver. In a physical relationship, she is the giver. I know, I'm doing that awkward thing where I, I launched right into pronouns, right? I always hated when rabbis did that to me because it's so uncomfortable. Like, why can't you just... The famous rule of public speaking. Say what you're going to say. Tell them what you're going to say. Say it, and then tell them what you said, okay? And here I'm just, like, totally ignoring that rule because of my own comfort level in discussing these topics. That's how I can go about it, right? So, in a physical relationship... She is going to be the giver in a much, in, a, in an overwhelming capacity. Not that he doesn't give, he does give, also not for tonight, not for this topic. But the giver in the physical relationship is in an overwhelming capacity, the girl. So she develops an affection for him by giving to him. It's a very strong affection because she gives everything of herself to him. She gives them the most a person can give of themselves. He didn't do that for her. That's just facts. He didn't do for her what she did for him. So his affection lags, lags behind. His feeling of wanting to be close with her lags behind her feeling of wanting to be close to him. That's what happens in a physical relationship. That's, that's the element where people say her connection is emotional and his is physical. What they're really saying is by giving to him this way, she feels that she wants to be close with him and by receiving that way for him he doesn't end up feeling that he wants to be close with her not the same way he's also giving he's also giving he's also giving in the relationship but he's not able to give in the same capacity it's for sure not at the beginning and like we've spoken about before even later even later when he's able to develop that affection through giving it's already built on what came before right the setup doesn't change in general, in relationships, the setup of the relationship doesn't change when you fill in the gaps. So, even if there's, a, in any relationship, in a friendship, let's say there was affection missing before knowledge came into play. So then you don't have connection, affection, knowledge. Then you have connection, knowledge, affection. And that impacts the nature of the relationship. We gave a few examples. So here too, here too, even if later he does develop an affection for her, which is just as strong, it's, for him it's not connection, affection, knowledge. For him, it'll be connection, knowledge, affection. Because why is that? Because for her, it was connection, affection, and such a strong affection that she's willing, and here's the, here's the next step of the, of, the, of the class, she'll be willing to be very exposing of her flaws, very exposing of her weaknesses, very exposing of her struggles, give a lot of trust there. Give a lot of trust there. 
but it's a trust which he has not earned through reciprocation. Because he hasn't been able to display for her, for, the, for a large amount of the beginning of their relationship, the type of affection that she's able to display for him. So they each know about each other. She knows that she loves him more than he loves her. And he knows that he loves her less than she loves him. And here, for the first time, we're going to use the word love in the affection stage and mean it, right? And mean it exactly how it sounds. So in the affection stage, there's an imbalance. Maybe it's a healthy imbalance. Maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm saying this is what is. Okay? So now, this is the setup. She loves him more than it's possible for him to love her. And so she trusts him, not because he's shown reciprocation, because she went all in on the giving, knowing that this is going to be the outcome. And so she's putting in an assumed trust of him. And part of his giving is to be responsible with that trust. Part of his giving is going to be upholding that that. Um, safeguarding that trust that she's putting in him. But still, that's still not giving that's going to develop that affection like she has for him. This is why trust is one of the most spoken topics, most spoken about topics in a relationship. It's not more important, it's not, it's not more a part of a male-female relationship than a friendship or than a parent-child relationship or than a sibling relationship. It's just more of an emphasis. Why? Because it's not an automatic outgrowth of his feelings for her. Rather, it's the setup of the relationship demands it. Demands it. He needs to give that trust. That's what's being demanded of him, even though that may not be where he's holding in the relationship. Now, Part of what we'll talk about maybe when we get just the girl sitting here is the ability to give herself over to that trust. Because guess what? A lot of women don't because exactly that problem. Meaning, maybe they don't even maybe they don't trust their husband. And, but again, I just want to ver- say this over and over again. I don't mean trust like you trust somebody with a secret. I mean trust like you trust somebody to not be judgmental when you expose your weaknesses and flaws to them and you trust them to not manipulate you. And just like last week, when with siblings we split between the type of trust we're talking about now and a general loyalty, it is much easier between a husband and a wife to strike that loyalty factor. Whatever difficulty they have with this trust thing, it's very easy to strike a relationship where they'll keep it between them. And he could trust that she, she could trust that he's not going to manipulate her shalom or or betray her flaws by collaborating with somebody else to exploit them. Oh. Okay, that's, that's like a basic level marriage. It doesn't take a lot of work to achieve that. But the trust thing, meaning he'll receive whatever she throws his way in terms of showing him her flaws, showing him her weaknesses, showing him her struggles, that's something he has to be sensitive to the need for. And it's not necessarily so easy. It's not necessarily so easy. So this is where, this is where the, the guy-girl relationship stands. This is where the guy-girl relationship stands. And as you go further down the line in the marriage, 
this is how it's going to develop. Now, we said sometime, we said something by parents and children that applies here as well. When it, when it comes to asking the question, well, how do you fill in the gaps? For example, in this relationship, he doesn't have the same affection for her that she has for him. And guess what? She may not have knowledge of his flaws and weaknesses and struggles. Right? Just like, just like he doesn't feel that same type of affection towards her that she has towards him, he's also not going to be as comfortable being open with her the way she's comfortable being open with him. And guess what? For the same reason, the relationship doesn't demand that same type of trust from her as it does from him. It's very hard for a man to feel, to feel shaken by his wife being judgmental of him. Right? Sometimes that's a big problem. Sometimes that's like the bickering that ends up in marriage therapy, you know? She's judgmental or critical or she doesn't respect him. That can happen. But in general, he's not relying on her to accept who he is without judgment. And again, in our generation, this is a little different. Men are a little bit more um, uh, sissy and women are a little bit more assertive. Okay, So these do this does change up a little bit, but still, this is by and large true. This is by and large true. In a guy-girl relationship, her main, her main weak point in the relationship will be um, needing to trust him. Needing to trust him where he doesn't need to trust her. And his main point, weak point in the relationship will be being able to show that trust, display that trust implicitly. Never being judgmental. Never, never... Um, you know, pushing the buttons, making use of those weaknesses or exploiting them. And it's not to say, again, not to say that guys don't have weaknesses. And not to say that, not to say that women don't need to be trusting of men. That trust, that men don't need to trust women. But this is the gap in the natural way the relationship goes. So, like we said with parents, not necessarily does every marriage demand filling in the gaps. One of them or the other might be okay with this setup. Not every woman, not every woman needs her husband to open up to her about his, his thoughts and feelings and weaknesses. Not every man, not every man needs to feel tremendous love and affection towards his wife beyond the normal amount that comes from his end, right? Just a second, just a second. I want to make absolutely clear what I just said because it, it came out sounding, I think, not exactly the way I meant it. A man needs to love his wife and a wife needs to love her husband. But her love for him will naturally take a much stronger course than his love for her. And so that's what I was saying. He might be okay with that. He might be okay not having the same type of love for her that she has for him. So just in a basic way, before taking taking it to the next level before stepping it up to like a super relationship like a supernova relationship the same way we kind of did that with siblings we spoke about how do you maintain the base level how do you make sure you have a healthy base level relationship and then we'll talk you could talk about how to step it up yeah jacob i was gonna say the way you like said it was like you don't always need to fill in the gaps and i was gonna ask like are these gaps more like perceived gaps or like because like at that point isn't it like really not a gap and really just more like preferences it's a gap because it could be more 
it could be more. It's a gap because without it, the relationship is not what it could be. But you have to respect some, some people don't need, in every context, in every setting, the fullest relationship you can have. With parents, I think it came out the most so far. With parents, it came out the most so far. A lot of parents are totally okay never understanding their kids. They don't need that. They just don't need it. No, I'm serious. They have satisfaction from the relationship without it. And a lot of times the kids are okay with that. And between the two of them, they have a love which doesn't depend on that. Okay? Yeah, I got you. But, but, it is a much different relationship when they do have that understanding. They can accomplish a lot more in their relationship together. And, in, and, and aside from accomplishing, they, they have each other in a way that the first way, they don't have each other. So how do you know, and I feel like this is definitely a problem that uh, at least some people encounter when like going about dating, let's say. Like imagine you meet someone and like they're good, like for you. Like you're really vibing with them. But then like... You By the way, I just want to put out, in Yiddish, vibe means women. And vibish means girlish. Oh, you're not vibing with the vibe. And that's why anytime anybody uses the word vibe, yeah, you're not vibing with the vibe. And you're like, I, I, don't, I just really don't have great vibes. I'm just like... Oh. That's right, you don't. You sure don't. <laughs> that's right, that's your problem in life. You've got to get a good vibe. you got to get a good vibe. Uh, that, like, no one's ever told me what it means. There's a lot of secrets from you. Who are you feeling the vibe? Sean. That was pretty funny. I'll give you that. Um, Go ahead. But still, um, so what if you like constantly get the feeling that you can <laughs> find someone Stop better? using vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you know? Because like kind of as you oh, said. Oh, it's such a good question. Like, you don't know. You're okay with certain gaps. But then like, you you know, obviously, like things are going to come to you where you realize things aren't 100%. Like, do I want to develop these? Do I just find someone else today who maybe already has the, like, you know, it becomes very confusing. Then. We, we, we can't, I can't answer that question. I can't begin to answer that question until we talk about dating. The dating relationship is a different beast, and we have to understand this first. But when we get to dating, you'll see it's totally different. And, okay. and uh, that question will, I hope, be answered. Okay. Um, the simple answer to that question, which doesn't depend on knowing these moving parts, is that in dating, you're not looking for the perfect choice. A lot of people get caught up in dating, and I personally, I really have to clear the air about this before we get into dating. I hardly dated. I hardly dated. My wife was the pers first person who I seriously dated, and she was the second person that I dated. Okay? So I had tremendous, tremendous heaven-sent help, and it wasn't an issue. My wife just says, that just means because you would have married anybody. But, <laughs> but uh, so there are some personalities like that. It's not just a joke. It's also the names, though. Like, the names, on, Baruch, Bracha, like, how could you not? I know. Oh. But, yeah, I told you, you got to meet her. You got to meet her. <laughs> um, but anyways, so, so why am I saying that? Yeah, but there is a mentality that you get out there. How do I know she's right? Or how do I know he's right? And what do you mean right? Meaning, even if, meaning, and, and your parents or your mentors will say to you, but what's the problem? No problems, but how do I know that they're the right one? The answer is, to that question in the simplest way, before we get into the details of dating and how these concepts apply in dating and finding the right match, you're not looking for the best one because you're not measuring people against each other. You're looking for somebody with whom you can have a successful marriage. And a successful marriage 
is a work. And to build up a successful marriage, you can do with anybody who's a good candidate to build up a successful marriage. You can have your, you can have the best marriage you can have with anybody who is the right candidate for that. So there is no best because what you need from them, what you need to accomplish with them doesn't exist yet. And you're going to build it together and you can build it with anybody who it's possible to build that with. So you don't need to like worry, what if, what if there's a better person? Because it's not that type of a match that like you need to fit it so that it'll fit right. It's a type of a match where you need to come with certain resources and abilities, emotional abilities. They need to come with certain resources and abilities and together you need to be able to build a marriage. The marriage that you build will be the most perfect and successful marriage, not depending on whether maybe there was somebody better. It doesn't matter. There's no such thing. So we're not looking for like our Yibud? Now, like there's a... another concept that you are, all, you are all good traditional Persians, and because of that you know a lot of Torah, where your counterparts in Omaha do not, because believe me, I have counterparts on my end who are trying to teach Torah in places like Omaha, and the people that they're talking to don't know half the stuff you guys know. Like nothing. So I, one of my privileges working with you is you know a lot already. So you're right, there's a concept of a zibug. There's a concept that is preordained. Hashem knows who it is you're going to marry. And that's where this mentality sometimes comes from. But it's not limited to that because you find this mentality in, in the non-Jewish world also, Mr. Right. I never heard, do people talk about Mrs. Right? I've always heard Mr. Right. All women are perfect, Rabbi. There's truth in that. Yeah, there's only no, no. There's they truth in that. Everyone. Okay, but anyways, I guess I don't know why, but Mr. Right. Maybe if the feminists have their way, then we'll start talking about Mrs. Right also. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what? <laughs> so anyways, they talk about Mr. Right. So I don't think it's only based on the fact that we know about Zivug and the concept that Hashem makes matches. There is a, there is a divine intervention that happens to make sure you marry the right person. It's what that concept means doesn't change with the answer I just gave you whether it's Kabbalistic or it has different connotations, okay? There is such a thing as the wrong person, but there's no such thing as the right person. So how do you know if it's the, how do you know if it's not the wrong person? There are ways to know. And that's why I said, like people say to you, well, well, what's the problem? And you say, well, there is no problem, but how do I know? That's how you know. That's how you know. If you're happy together and there's no problem, you don't have to be starstruck. I, by the way, I allowed you to sidetrack me, and I allowed you to sidetrack me because this is not about dating. Dating comes next week. But I guess the more we accomplish tonight, even about dating, it'll you know, help us out next week. So can you just redefine for me the topic? It was marriage? It was male-female relationships, or more specifically, physical male-female relationships. Oh, okay, like a fling. No, no, no. No, not a fling. Not a fling. Our context for discussing that will be marriage. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so didn't I say marriage and you said no, though? Yeah, because this isn't only about meaning for us that means marriage. But the point is not marriage. The, the point okay. is... The, point the is road to marriage. Not the road to marriage. What a physical dynamic does to a relationship. Okay. Okay. Got you. For Got us, you. that only means marriage, Sorry, hopefully. I was genuinely confused about That's no problem. No problem. That's no problem. So, yeah. So, the topic is marriage. Um, I just want to make sure I hit all the points now. Yeah, so we have to discuss now, how do you maintain the base level relationship? 
which means she's all in with affection and he has knowledge of her and she doesn't have knowledge of him. So he has knowledge of her, she has affection for him, he doesn't have affection for him the same way she has of her, and she doesn't have knowledge of him the same way he has of her. Remember, knowledge meaning knowing someone's flaws, weaknesses, and struggles. How do you deal with that? How do you navigate it? The way you navigate it is, he has to show that he's completely trustworthy in terms of not being judgmental, not manipulating, and not exploiting. And she has to kind of be able to be open with him the way it's natural for her to be in order that she can be totally present in that relationship. Again, it's his responsibility to be trusting and it's her responsibility to be open. Right? Even though it's natural for her to be open, but then kind of like you hold back because but he's not the same way towards me. And then you end up with he's wondering why their relationship is going this way and this way and this way because she wasn't totally open with him about certain things. Or, on the other hand, you know, she is trying to be, but she can't be because he's not, trust, he's not, he's not trustworthy enough. You know, the first time she expressed the way she felt, he looked at her like she's from Mars, like, why are you talking to me about emotions? I'm a guy, you know? Or like, you, you really feel that way? Like, can't you just grow up? Get over it? Especially if she tries to like, talk out the problems she has with her friends, you know? Just grow up. Now you grow up and realize that there's more to emotional emotional life than just like a ball game, you know? You know, like you can get emotional about more things than just what's his name? Peyton? Peyton? Manning. 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 Eli. Eli Manning. Not Peyton. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Eli Manning. Sorry, there's more to emotions than that, and yeah, you have to be accepting and non judgmental of that. And it's really none of your business, guys, whether she's right or wrong in that relationship that she's trying to be in, in her problems with her friends. She's probably not going to share it with you because you're not going to show her that you're trusting enough, trustworthy enough. But that's your job. Your job is to be trustworthy, and her job is to be open. Your job is to be open. Um, that's just to keep a basic, healthy marriage without developing it to the extent and the success that you could have. Yeah. So if your goal is to have, I'm talking from a boy's perspective, by the way. If your goal is to have a girl open up and be more like straightforward with you, you're saying the kind of like a key to achieving that is demonstrating your trustworthiness. In a marriage, yeah. Yeah, Demonstrating that when she starts, in the times that she's sharing with you and she's open, First of all, understand that there's a lot more there that she hasn't told you yet, and she's waiting to see how you respond and react. And you have to be totally accepting, totally non-judgmental, totally supportive. It's not your job whether she's right or wrong. Can you... I'll give you a great example of this. Okay. Great example of this, okay? Um, I was at... I was at uh, a relative's house. I was pretty newly married. And the relative was nitpicking at my wife. I personally didn't think my wife was right. And the person, the relative that we were at, I have a very close relationship which predated my relationship with my wife by many years. And we knew each other very well. Okay, I knew him before I met my wife, but he's he's my relative through marriage. Okay. Meaning, 
meaning he's my wife's relative, but we knew each other for a long time before I even knew about my wife. And we were at their house, and he was like nitpicking my wife, you know, like giving her t- trouble for what she was saying. And I, and I started like fighting her case. Even though you didn't agree with her. Even though I didn't agree with her. And my mistake was that he knew me well enough to know that there was no way I was really in agreement with her, you know? <laughs> and he called me out on it. And he said, good husband. You know? It's not your job whether she's right. It's not your job whether she's right. Yeah, when you're, when you're working on filing taxes and she filled in information one way and you know that it's wrong, good, very good. Yeah, you caught me on the one example, fine. But in general, in general, it's not about whether she's right. It's about showing her your acceptance, your, your support, and you're not being judgmental. And guess what? You may even be able to help her figure out that she's wrong. By the way, I'm not saying that this doesn't apply for guys also. In general, guys also need to be accepting of each other and non-judgmental. But, but uh, our two, two guys who are friends, their relationship doesn't depend on it. But for, for a marriage, your relationship depends on your ability to demonstrate to your wife that you're non-judgmental. No. Because she'll, she'll smell that on you also if you're just being agreeable, but you don't really, you're not really there. You don't have to take her side either. You just have to be present and be there for her without judging whether she's right or wrong. You're already, he's already thinking, is she right or wrong? He's thinking, what is it? Is she right or is she wrong? Not your job, Sean. He's like, well, if she's wrong, then she has to be right. No, you don't have to think about whether she's right or wrong. Yeah. Sorry, you had a question? Yeah. In a marriage, uh, you're in it for the long haul. So then that's called messing up. That's called messing up. And it happens. It happens in every marriage because guys' emotional intelligence is very underdeveloped. And <laughs> it's me too. <laughs> what? They're all laughing because they know how true it is. They know how true. No, because it, it's not only they know how true it is about themselves. They figured, it out, they figured it out about themselves because they were frustrated with other men in their lives who were not emotionally intelligent towards them. Siblings, parents, whatever it, it is. Everyone. It affects everyone. Yeah, we're, this, is, this is something we all struggle with, by the way. We, we have a support group separately later. You know what you guys do? <laughs> I am not like this anti-male, you know, the opposite. I'm really quite chauvinistic. It's not, it's not like it seems. <laughs> Gosh. I knew I was opening a can of worms when I started. Like, for me, for like that. I don't have that like suave way of approaching this topic, you know. I'm just a mess. Thank God. Yeah, so it happens. It happens in most relationships. Um, and that's part of the growth process here. Part of the growth process here. For men to come to the realization that they need to be trusting and non-judgmental. And, uh, and for women to then come to the process of kind of like, it's like you need to like be able to get to like a quasi-forgiveness of the early stages and then come to be able to be open with them again. Yeah. This is why, by the way, I'm cheating a little bit and sharing with you the Torah vision of a marriage, even though I said I wasn't going to. 
in the Torah vision of the marriage, the men stay home nights for the first full year. They don't go out to study Torah. They don't they don't stay at work it past. It's like a time limit. The, the, night, it says it says for the first year you stay home. For the first year you stay home. So in our generation that translates into being being home when society dictates that it's extra to be out. You know, so you're home at nights. You're home at nights, even though there's no children yet, and it's just you and your wife. You'll be home at night. Don't go on business trips. Don't go hang out with your buddies at night. No, not without your wife. Not for a full year. For a full year. Some people do that, it's possible. As long as you can give her the attention that would make that relevant. If you can't, then it's just like bag it, like what are you doing? Yeah, what? it's like, why'd you drag her? She doesn't want to be a suitcase. You know? Great story, by the way, my grandparents, my, my dad's parents, um, when they were married, it was like still a thing that when they got to their, honey, their hotel on their honeymoon, there was a uh, coin-operated massage bed. <laughs> and, and like, it was, I think it was like a nickel or a quarter, <laughs> nickel. I haven't seen a nickel in years. Yeah. Anyone here seen a nickel lately? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think it was maybe a nickel or a quarter. I mean, a nickel, I think. And and my grandmother asked, like, should we do it? And I talked to them. Yeah, okay, let's do it. A nickel, okay. You know, I guess it was like a discussion in those days. A nickel. And they they sat down on the bed, and they put their suitcases on one bed, and they sat down on the bed, and they put the, the nickel in, and like nothing doing. So oh, they're checking the machine, you know, like. They're not tech savvy even today. You can imagine back then. They're like, you know, like, oh, like, what's going on? They tried pushing the button a bunch of times, and suddenly they noticed the suitcases on the next bed. <laughs> and they quickly tried to like dump them all off again, and they missed it. And I'm like, yeah, we're not spending all the quote another nickel. Was that relevant? Like, not relevant. <laughs> oh yeah, because I was talking about. Oh, because he asked. Because he asked about taking your wife with you on a business trip. And so I said, well, she's not interested in just being a suitcase. So that made me think of the time where they were basically suitcases. Okay. Basically. Okay. Um, but wait a second. I'm sorry. Because we're, we're really, I'm still really with Osiris' question here. So I haven't forgotten. So the answer is, it's a learning curve for both of them. It's a learning curve for both of them. And, it, and this is one of the benefits of spending a full year together without really giving your attention anywhere else. Yeah, you go to work, you go shopping for groceries, but, but you, don't, you don't dedicate time outside of your daily routine to anyone else but each other. That's the Torah vision for a full year. And that helps. It helps with the learning curve. Believe me. Believe me, it helps with the learning curve. Not a perfect, still, still a learning curve. Still a learning curve. But it helps a lot. So again, for, for him, it's going to be a learning curve to, re, to learn that there are such a thing as emotions and that you have to be sensitive to them. And that's pot, a lot of steps here. He has to learn that there's emotions. He has to learn that you, you have to be sensitive to them. He has to learn that it's possible to, to be judgmental. And then he has to learn to not be judgmental. Right? Then, for her, she has to learn that it was really hard for him to learn all those things and that he really means it now when he's not judgmental and he's really not judgmental and he's really accepting of, of whoever she is and not judging her for whatever her issues are, and then to be willing to reopen, you know, to reopen what she had already closed because he was a judgmental idiot, a jerk. Um, I don't know if this is relevant or not. What if the roles are reversed? What if the roles are reversed? The roles, the roles. You mean what if the relationship takes that path? So like, no, so let's say like the man is like opening up, but yeah, the woman the girl. being judgmental. And I feel like nowadays it's more of the woman being judgmental to a guy when they open up. 
that shouldn't rock you so much because it shouldn't rock you so much because what you have from her in the relationship is her affection. What, what you have in the relationship point, with her is the affection. You don't depend on your ability to be open with her. Again, remember what we said. Everything that goes into the relationship feeds back into the connection, right? It goes two ways. Whatever's in the connection at the beginning goes into the relationship. Everything that goes into the relationship feeds back into the connection. So your close, close connection with your wife is going to be her affection for you. Yeah. It's not going to be your ability to be open with her. And so if you, if you want to be and you start trying and you see that she's judgmental, she's not receptive, okay, fine. So she's either not ready for that or not, doesn't need that in a marriage. So you need to find somebody else to be non-judgmental of you. You, maybe you need, by the way, guys, ladies, this is a thing. Maybe you need a beer buddy. Maybe you need a guy to go hang out with, not in the first year. But maybe you need that. Maybe you need that because you need someone who's non-judgmental and accepting of your problems. And, and your wife is not that person. It's possible. Now, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be fetching to him about your wife, for sure. You know, you're not, you can't be looking for, to him to be accepting and warm and non-judgmental about the problems that you complain about your wife. That's not for him. But the different parts of your life that you need someone to be accepting of you, it doesn't have to be your wife. Again, until now we've only discussed how to maintain a healthy marriage. We haven't, we haven't spoken about how to build a stellar one. We haven't spoken about how to build a stellar one. So, yes, it is better for a marriage if he's able to develop the affection for her, which she would sense is significant on his part as much as her affection is for him. And it is better for a marriage, it is a more successful marriage, if she's able to be accepting and non-judgmental to the extent that he's able to be open towards her. But it's not necessary for, for a base level successful marriage. Now how to get there? How do you get there? And what are the hurdles in getting there? In, in filling in the gaps in the relationship? So for him, the main hurdle is taking. The main work for a guy is to learn to receive what she has to give without being a taker. You know the difference between receiving and taking? The opposite of giving is not taking. The opposite of giving is receiving. Understood? Understand the difference? When you take, when you take, what you're doing is you're allowing the other person to give without giving them a place. I didn't explain that well at all. When I give you something, I'm not just passing you an object. Okay? Let's say I give you a birthday present. You ever been to like a birthday party where the, where the birthday boy or girl is a gracious birthday boy or girl? And then you go to a birthday party where they're not gracious and it's like, oh, what a difference. Like you give somebody a present and they receive it with like grace and thanks. And then you go to give the different person a gift and they're like, yeah, the pile's over there. Yeah. What a difference that makes. What a difference that makes. There's a very big difference between taking and receiving. So the biggest obstacle for a guy to accelerate this relationship, and the truth is this is a problem even in the base level, is if he's a taker if he accepts what she has to offer, 
without making it significant for her that she gave it to him. And it doesn't mean he has to go like overboard. It just means, ah, I hate English. I was speaking about this before. I hate English because it's a living language and we only have words for things that people do in our culture, in American culture. Like the example I was giving before is a covenant. A covenant is an ancient word. Why is a covenant such a bad word, such an awful way to express what you're doing? It's because none of us have ever had the opening or the need to strike a covenant with anybody because we don't have that level of relationships. So just because American society doesn't have deep, meaningful relationships where you would want to strike a pact with somebody, because of that, we're left without a normal word for it. Okay? That's why I hate English. There's a great word for what I'm trying to express here called chal. <laughs> chal. It means, it's not Yiddish, it's, it's, um, it's Hebrew, it's Old Hebrew. And it means like, literally means like, it falls on it. Like, you say like, Shabbat, or you say like, Rosh Hashanah this year is chal on Shabbat. That means that Rosh Hashanah is falling out on Shabbat. It means that's where it lands. It's its landing place. So you say that also when, when somebody does something for you, you say, it was really chal. Like, if I'm working hard to create a certain atmosphere that people should be able to, to gain something from it, like for, for tonight, for example, and, and, and it works and people come and they gain and they, they give me the good feedback and I, I say to my wife, yeah, tonight was really chal. You know, it, it was really chal. It, 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 it landed. So that's how you have to make someone feel. That's how, that's how he needs to make her feel when she's giving to him. It has to be chal by him. You know, she has to understand that he was receptive towards it. Not just like, uh, the pile's over there, the pile's over there. That's his biggest obstacle. His biggest obstacle. Um, okay. One obstacle for her might be actually being able to play the role of being receptive and non-judgmental and, and, and accepting when, he wants, when he's ready to be open with her. Why? Why? Because she's looking to him for his strength and his, his protection in terms of protecting their trust. So she might have a hard time with the role of being the supportive, accepting, non-judgmental part in the relationship because it might smell and taste like weakness for her. And that weakness might translate into, but maybe then she'll feel like she can't be trusting of him anymore. And that would also be a mistake, I think. Because it's really a sign of strength to be able to be open and honest about yourself. Okay, there's a major, there's a very important caveat here, is that I'm not a professional marriage therapist. I'm not an experienced um, married person. I've only married one person. And I've only been married for nine years. We had our anniversary last week. Thank you, thank you. You guys are great. Like, I love sharing, like, good stuff about my life with you because you're all like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. awesome. This is really why I do this, you know. You the opportunity to say out there, hey, it was my birthday. You're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I took my three-year-old shopping today to pick up a brisket for Thursday. And, uh, and he was, his birthday... Oh. His birthday's in February, and he's like, can we buy birthdays? Can we buy balloons for my birthday? <laughs> like, what? No. How did you explain that? You, know, you just said no. I said, it's not your birthday. He said, that's, a, that's okay. 
<laughs> we could tie it to the roof. That was his solution. Did not buy balloons. I'm an awful dad. Anyways, my, my caveat is that this is not this is not professional advice. This is not professional advice, and this is not even experienced advice. It's it's only worth the amount that it makes sense to you. It's worth the amount that it makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. I'm not positive that I'm right about everything. And that's why I'm telling you, it's, it's good to the extent that it, it works and is useful. Right? But if you hear somebody that, something that makes more sense than somebody else, then just please feel free to write off the whole thing. Right? All right. Thank you for joining JMAP Life Academy, session four about marriage. Next week, we will, please God, move on to talk about applied relationships and dating. And I'm still working out how we're going to do that with the guys and the girls. Thank you for listening to JMAP Life Academy, segment number four, about physical relationships in marriage. Please join us next week to discuss and explore dating according to the principles we discussed this week.